Namaste and welcome back to another episode of the Sapient. Today we have yet another guest and she seems to be a wonderful person from what um, you know like I have known now about her from her very short yet pretty good bio. So welcome Danny. Thank you. <laughs> I hope I did not like murder your name. <laughs> uh, my name is Danny Rosenblatt James. And got it. it used to mm-hmm. be Danielle James, but I changed it when I got married mm-hmm. to a Swede. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I will stick with Danny because it's just easier for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my name is Ganesh. And so how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, it's been a bit of a busy day. Been studying my third language. Um, and studying my school things i'm studying at a university become an english teacher mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got it and how many years have you been at it like how many years have you been doing that um i think it's been two or three years now and here in sweden you have to do you have to go through schooling for five years five years to become a teacher mm-hmm like people become doctors in that much duration. <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of messed up. If you ask <laughs> us, um, particularly from an Indian standpoint. Yeah, it should be better pay, but it is what it is. I'm not doing it yeah. for the money. I'm doing it to help the mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, you you better uh, roll with like like a BMW or a Rolls Royce in like, like five years after teaching. <laughs> um yeah because teaching is so like tricky right because mm-hmm. it's not just imparting education but it is so much about you know like building up those values and ethics with children mm-hmm. and making sure that they come up right yeah um do you think that's that's kind of like challenging or do you think that's kind of like adventurous for you um, personally, for me, I like teaching the teenage years of a kid because then they actually mm-hmm. can comprehend what you are saying to them. They can understand so much more. Um, and I feel like you can really help them at that age because they're going through so much in life, in personal life, in just puberty, everything. So I think it's a great time to help them become a better them. Mm-hmm. And why why English? Like that's my kind of curiosity. Like why English? Why not mathematics, geography, or physics? Well, I have never liked math or physics. Mm-hmm. Plus, I live in Sweden, so mm-hmm. everyone's speaking Swedish, and English is my native language. So it makes it a bit easier for me. Plus, I've always loved writing. Thus, mm-hmm. I have the travel blog. <laughs> Got it. So, how hard is it for you to study English? Um, so, the education level in Sweden compared to the U.S. is mm-hmm. higher. Mm-hmm. So, they have a, a higher level for just their education in general compared to what I'm used to in the U.S. So, mm-hmm. it has been a little difficult at times and people are like, oh, it should be easy for you. It's your native language. But I'm learning things that I was never taught because it's my native language, like mm-hmm. about the linguistics and all the stuff behind the language. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because in India, if you look at us, we have like 64 languages mm-hmm. and um, you know, 64 recognized languages mm-hmm. and all of them have their own alphabets, their own grammar system. And you know their their own you know numerical system and so so on. Mm-hmm. And you know I don't think like people realize how hard is it to learn a new language. I'm not talking about just speaking a language mm-hmm. because you know you can you can pick up Russian in like two months. That's not a big deal. But understanding their grammar and you know like the actual language is so hard yeah. that people kind of underestimate that. <laughs> like and I feel like you are in a very uh, typical situation where. You, you know, like 
anybody who meets you could be like danny come on you speak english it's how hard can it be to uh, you know study english and you're like first of all you're dumb and second of all it's hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes it is definitely yeah. something that seems to be overlooked because a lot of people don't realize when you go in depth in a language there's a lot more to it than just speaking or writing you have to understand why you do these ways that you do to make the language mm. yeah because i was recently looking at this whole conversation around the word woman like mm. people debating where it came from and people are like it's womb plus man and um you know like they were throwing like some absolute like i don't know like shit words out there uh- and <laughs> <laughs> and an english professor had to settle that down he was like it's called as yes, a wif and man and wif is what we used to call um you know women uh, you know like many years ago and you know he had to settle that and i was like yeah it is kind of weird if you think about it like how the evolution of words have become mm-hmm. yeah so that is indeed kind of intriguing what do you like think about this evolution of words that you know we use every day well at first um they were actually pretty uh sexist <laughs> back in the day with some of the words that they had created um mm-hmm. and so now at least with the english language we're trying to take away some of the words and make them more general Mm-hmm. um so for instance instead of saying waiter or waitress we say mm-hmm. most people say server now mm-hmm. so that's a broad term instead of giving it specifics he or she mm-hmm. got it because mm-hmm. you know it's it's really weird that we make this random sound out of each other's mouth and somehow we are able to comprehend it mm-hmm. and we see this international like struggle of which accent is better um you know american accent or you know like british accent or so and so on mm. uh, so forth sorry um, because i'm i'm talking to an english teacher i i need to <laughs> make sure that i'm pre- i'm speaking at least somewhat proper english um yeah so you know like where i come from i have you know i i probably have like a like an indian accent and unlike american or british accent um you know indians pronounce everything like you know each and every letter that yeah. it's not confusing <laughs> so in your international expertise because you're also a traveler and also you came from land of free you know and um to sweden um you know which accent do you feel like it's easy to understand and also to speak Oh, that's that's quite interesting. I think for me it would be American English just because I grew up with that. So it's mm-hmm. easier for me to understand, but there are times like even with British English or um other English that it's hard for me to fully understand because they don't pronounce certain words that I'm used to mm-hmm. pronounced as I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's that's kind of like a very straightforward answer where you are like i'm american i like american accent um but which american accent though like the southern accent or the californian um it would probably be the west coast or the midwest mhm the south is i've ran into people in the south <laughs> that i didn't understand mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so, but it's not that i don't like it it's just that it's a whole new learning experience where i would have to mm-hmm. practice being around that surround myself mm-hmm. and then it'd be better <laughs> yeah and what do you feel like sweden accent of english so here in sweden um mm-hmm. it's i think 90% of swedes are fluent in english where when they mm-hmm. speak english you don't really hear an accent they they sound mm-hmm. like american english or british english depends where they yeah. learned their english from mhm yeah because even in india like you can you can really like guess who, uh, you know like from where someone belongs from the way they talk mm. especially english mm. um 
because um you know there are many words that are just indian indian words like they don't exist in any other dictionary uh-huh. and um yeah it's like like there are many 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 um words that have originated from sanskrit and indian languages that are made it to like english dictionary and um there are many words that have been indianized <laughs> and um indianized meaning it 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 totally carries its own kind of meaning and it does not if you you know like said those words to a foreigner they would not understand what you are speaking about mm-hmm. um yeah because <clears throat> i cannot like remember the english name it's called as brinjal um let me just quickly look up what does brinjal mean in um in your english mm-hmm. um the part that you can understand Okay. Um, yeah, it's called as an eggplant. So what did you say? Egg, eggplant. Eggplant. Yeah. Ah, aubergine or eggplant. Yeah. So eggplant is called as brinjal in India. Okay. Um, it's like you know, like we have our own version of English that mm-hmm. we speak here, and um, you know, there are many English words that have come from our language too, because you know we got ruled for two hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, the biggest example I can give you is—I mean, this is going to sound like ironic—but the word "loot," like, have you heard of the word "loot"? Yeah. Loot comes from Hindi, like it did not exist in English. Mm. You know, it its origin is from Hindi and. you know it's like british took that word and also the habits with them mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know i am i have always been fascinated by languages mm-hmm. um so what's your like kind of take on people who can speak like four to five languages i think that's awesome um i just mm-hmm. re- recently was in belgium and i talked to a local there and she explained to me that it is common for them to know at least four languages there and mm-hmm. i was like wow that's awesome i mean i wish mm-hmm. i i wish where i came from it was more common for us to know more than just one language <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah because the most of americans i i talk to they're like i know english you know what i also know spanish and they're very thrilled to say that mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah that does not kind of cut cut out for me because in here um my nephew speaks like five languages mm-hmm. and it it's just like natural it's like yeah you know if if someone in india said right like i can speak five languages they're like so what like you're not like supernatural dude like a billion people speak the same thing and yeah because in india you know like you have multiple languages in multiple states and multiple accents mm. so you had to take that also into consideration um you know throughout this language kind of conversation that we are having mm-hmm. how 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 do you think that english as a language is like if it were a person um how confused that person would be <laughs> i think if english was a person it would be all different colors in all different shapes um mm-hmm. because the english language has borrowed so many uh words and ways of th- saying things from different cultures so it would it would just be a huge hodgepodge of things <laughs> it mm-hmm. would look very yeah. strange <laughs> probably have a tail and all kinds of stuff <laughs> yes exactly um Yeah by the way I I went through your blogs like mm-hmm. on your website which was by the way very hard to find <laughs> I don't know I don't know in which in which cupboard you're hiding that website it's very hard to find um <laughs> did you yeah, so how did you write misfit wonders um no because I had to go through like four websites to find yours what <laughs> that's weird yeah so I was like damn like she is elusive like she is like she she's so hard to get hold of because you don't have social media by the way yes i do you have social media yes damn then my team really like fucked me over i think <laughs> and yeah i had yeah because they were like 
we cannot find her social media because they typed literally every name that you have and all together and they did so much circus but they could not find an instagram or facebook yeah, and they were like sorry like we cannot find it oh, we can only find this one elusive website on this corner of the google where we had to dig 17 feet of soil <laughs> um, yeah and i was like who is this mystery lady who doesn't have social media like who is just doing blogging i'm like is she some kind of like you know secret millionaire <laughs> oh i wish you would have told me i would have just been like oh this is it and he was like oh well that's easy <laughs> yeah but you know like the the chasing is like the most like um unique part of you know doing podcasting because mm-hmm. when you know because i i might tell you know my name is so and so and it's up to you like how you are going to find me mm. and, and yeah i didn't know why the fuck my team told me like you don't have social media and i was like okay so she is like she is like a proper secret millionaire she's like <laughs> you know what i earned so much in united states i went to sweden because i had so much money and i was like i'm going to live in sweden and no social media no online presence um you know just rub everything off and i'm going to live secretly <laughs> no nope, that's not the case <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately and to the to disappointment of my team guys like her, she does exist on social media so next time do a better job um anyways um yeah so how did you get into this travel blogging like first of all how did you get into traveling because that is such a like an expensive hobby Well, when you're from the US, it's pretty normal to travel, like go on road trips there because the country's already so big. And mm-hmm. I grew up with family all over the US. So I already mm-hmm. was growing up traveling. And then mm-hmm. um I met this Swede who invited me to travel with him in Peru. And then mm-hmm. when I went there, I fell in love with traveling out of the country. And that's where mm-hmm. the traveling across Uh, the world started mhm mm-hmm. and how many countries have you like visited i think i'm up to 20 maybe damn <laughs> damn that's a big number mhm that that's a, like a pretty good number mm-hmm. and have you felt like any difference of people that exist oh like, 100% different spectrum oh 100% <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. I think out of all the places I've been, the most scared I've ever felt was in the US. What? <laughs> That's yes. your motherland. Yes. And my motherland, each state has its own feel when you're traveling there. I mean, mm-hmm. I traveled in I think it was in Tennessee. My husband, mm-hmm. I, our two cats and our dog, we were on a road mm-hmm. trip. and mm-hmm. we were just going to stop and sleep on the on this little stop a uh, little mm-hmm. pit stop that we could and a guy came over with his truck he had a shotgun behind his head and he mm-hmm. goes you guys can't stay here and he like mm-hmm. acts like he's going to grab a shotgun and we're like okay mm-hmm. we're going to go <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that's america for you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um and, yeah. And then I used to hitchhike for a year when I was in the US too. So there's some experiences from that as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I I was very like blown away from hitchhiking concept in United States and I mm-hmm. I really looked into it. Mm-hmm. And I really saw what happened to hitchhikers from like 1970s to 1990s even early mm-hmm. 2000s. Mm-hmm. I was like damn i would rather fucking walk naked than take a lift from a stranger <laughs> <laughs> so what's your like favorite kind of story of you know hitchhiking um and you know like what was your favorite experience from that my favorite experience um i think it would be from this one guy that picked me up and my road dog which is uh someone i was traveling with uh this guy and then my dog my actual dog we were traveling and it was this guy that picked us up and he actually let us stay at his rv park or something 
Mm-hmm. And he just like took care of us for the whole night and then gave us a ride to a good drop mm-hmm. off spot the next day. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that was really nice. And he yeah. pretty much just like welcomed us out to his house, like arms mm-hmm. open and everything. Yeah, that's kind of like, you know, warm experience. Mm. But I'm pretty sure you went through like shit ton of exp- um, you know, bad, bad situations where you were like, this might be sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah we are glad that you made out alive from that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah that is kind of like crazy mm. especially well, when you like sorry yeah you're saying something oh yeah um so i never really traveled by myself at if i traveled mm-hmm. alone i always had my dog with me and he was really good at scaring away the creepers <laughs> mm-hmm. but and what breed was he Australian cattle dog. Okay. It's a pretty mm-hmm. smart dog. <laughs> Got it. I, I, I thought you would say something like, you know, like Neopolitan Mastiff for, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> uh, you know Afga- uh, Afghan Honda or something, which was like pretty big. Yeah. That'd be really hard to yeah. travel with such a big dog, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. That's that's big trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Post COVID, we have seen this kind of, you know, like jump in people wanting to travel and mm-hmm. um, just explore life. Mm-hmm. Do you think that came from them being scared shitless? They, where they were like, you know, I might die from this thing, and if I make out of this, like, I need to live my life. I think people realized that they didn't want to be cooped up anymore. That. They didn't want to be stuck in the one little box that they now were stuck in because some of those places, when COVID was happening, they couldn't mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what happened. Yeah, but do you also think like people will were like, you know, like I might, you know, anyways, I'm going to die because you see, like if you live in any major city, here mm-hmm. is what I feel like because I live in one, mm-hmm. you almost feel invincible. You're like, Nah, I'm not going to die. You know, I'm good for here <laughs> because I'm so comfortable. You know, I'm so taken care of. I'm so protected that people don't have that threat in their radar where they are like, you know, like death is a reality. They don't understand sometimes. Uh, Do you think that was like one of the leading reasons where they were like, oh shit, yeah, I might die maybe. <laughs> so yeah. I need to enjoy this life. Yeah, I mean, maybe for like the bigger areas, but like I was here in Sweden when that happened, and everyone just acted normal pretty much because Swedes already keep their distance from everyone else. They already mm-hmm. do the distance. They were doing that before COVID. So it was mm-hmm. the only thing that really changed was less restaurants were open or less places, but it was just more of a recommendation to wear a mask. They never mm-hmm. said it was um, like mandatory. <laughs> Got it. Also, is it like, because you have so much of landmass out there, but so small population that people just like to be like, you know, alone. Yeah, there's a lot of forests all over the place. So, I mean, the population mm-hmm. of Sweden, I think, is 10 million for the whole mm-hmm. country. That's like a big city in the U.S. <laughs> um, Danny, like in my city... We have 11.4 million people. Oh my gosh. I couldn't do that. (laughs) Too many. I like my space. I like forests. I like nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I think think you don't fit in here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A bit much. Yeah. That's kind of crazy because, you know, right now India's population is like 150 billion. Oh my gosh. Um... Like, you know, like pretty crazy. Mm. Sorry, 1.5 billion. And that's like too many people. But if you, if you you know, come to India, apart from some part of like cities, you won't find that much of people. Mm. Like, especially if you go into rural areas, you won't find that those many people. It's just um, you know, normal. Mm. So I'm just trying to think about like your travel stories, like how good those must have been and you are ticking out countries like you know you said 
yeah, I travel like 20 countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people out there who, has, who I'm pretty sure who are listening to this episode who have not traveled 20 cities <laughs> rather than 20 countries. Mm-hmm. So do you think that, you know, like uh, an elusiveness or curiosity of understanding new places and people took you there or was it just natural to you? That's exactly why I started traveling is because I became interested in these different cultures and learning more about the different kind of people throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And what have you learned? Like, So I have learned that a lot of the countries, um, especially the poor countries, are usually the most nice, the most nice mm-hmm. people. Um, like when I was traveling in Bolivia, it was me and another American girl that I had met. And we're really good at acting like we know where we're going but we don't so we're lost Mm -hmm. (laughs) for a while and Mm -hmm. uh, this local lady she was nice and um, she had us follow her and then she just bought us a meal (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then she just like pointed us in the direction to help us find where we were trying to go and I'm just like Mm -hmm. wow like she went out of her way she's dressed up in business clothes and everything and she just helped us yeah because most often like this might be a controversial opinion but you know like the most sophisticated people are not the most nicest Mm. you know people but people who are like very bold and like very rude to you Mm. you know and they're they're one of the most like genuine people because they don't give a shit about you like (laughs) and they don't definitely give a shit about your feelings so they're like here is the deal and like this is it and if they want to be like good with you, they will be like absolutely good with you. <laughs> I know this sounds kind of weird, but that's what even I have observed from so many people traveling even in in India that they talk about. Because if you get into cities, it's kind of cold. You know, like people might not help each other that much. But in village, like they could, they could like, you know, I have heard stories where, um, you know, in my, in my, uh, maternal village right mm-hmm. um, a foreigner came in and you know they they were a couple and they were struggling to um, find residents <clears throat> and they came in a very bad time because there were floods and other things happening in that mm-hmm. area and you know like one of the poor poor families in my, that village he, he was a far, farmer and you know they just haven't that single cot bed where just two people can sleep mm-hmm. um, they let they let that bed to the foreigners and the farmer's family went to the pump house you know where they store motors to pump water to the agriculture fields yeah so they went there and stayed there for like a week oh and you know and they would come into the house they would check in like how are you doing do you need anything do you need food and they would cook f- food for them and everything mm-hmm. but they stayed in another place where you know it, it's not good to live in a pump house or in a motor house because it's yeah. just freaking hot all the time um <laughs> But, you know, like, I have, have, you know, like, heard of these stories where people are just incredibly, like, kind to each other. Mm -hmm. And it's often those poor people. It's not, like, a person with mansion. Yeah. I Um, think it's probably because they're happy with what they have. And many of those people that have a lot are not actually that happy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um what you said made me like remember this you know like the wildfire happened in Maui right now mm-hmm. you know like all the billionaires are like guys please donate so that we can help people where they themselves could solve the problem without even blinking an eye and they're like would you donate like would you take $100 out of your rent and please pay us so that um, you know we can we can do some work on this land when they have like so much money and any kindness come which is coming is from poor people mm-hmm. yeah it's brutal reality <laughs> mm, yeah it is indeed like a brutal reality but also you know you know it feels like it feels like a pretty good thing mm-hmm. that you know people who are not wealthy are rich people and people who are rich are not wealthy yeah but it, it's sad that those people make money into something so 
bad and it turns mm-hmm. into something that is just full of hate or something else because they don't realize they they think happiness is money and then they find mm-hmm. out that that's not the case but they maybe never find out and they end up dying all alone and sour mm-hmm. yeah that's like kind of sad reality and i think like we are looking at wrong things in life mm-hmm. um and you know in the meantime that we were talking about my team has been graceful enough to find me your instagram <laughs> yay um, yay and you have a pretty good instagram <laughs> and you are very humble when you said i have instagram you'd be like fuck you i own the instagram <laughs> <laughs> that's why i thought it was funny they could find me <laughs> yeah because you're you're playing with us because you gave us a different name than your instagram oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. My uh my webpage uh, or my website and my business, my company is Misfit mm-hmm. Wanders. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Like you just screwed us over. <laughs> But that works too. <laughs> that's not an down an issue. Um yeah, so you have a pretty good following. Like how did you build that up? Um let's see. I guess that would be from Kiss consistency um mm-hmm. at first it was just posting regularly and then covid mm-hmm. happened and then i kind of fell out of it and it's been a bit hard to get back into it because people are not traveling like they used to they mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are traveling more in their own country or in sitting cities near them they it seems like they stay mm-hmm. a little bit closer to home than they used to yeah because um I, i i was listening to an another interview where a guy was saying um you know he he wants to tra- travel very poor like very very like economical let's say mm-hmm. um he said you know what i do i look at news and if they say like um yesterday certain place was bombed and he is like okay i'm going to go there <laughs> because there are no travelers there and there is heightened security and he is like the chance of happening it again happening again is very rare and uh, he's like i want to travel there and you know like you, you won't uh, believe uh, after 911 the next day he was in new york and then um, the day afghan uh, you know like united states pulled out of afghanistan mm-hmm. he spent i think like 6 months in afghanistan and he only spent like probably like i think he said 4000 in 6 months mm-hmm. and he was just living lavishly you know he was traveling everywhere and he was like this is my trick to save money i just go <laughs> wherever um, you know like bad things hit mm-hmm. so what's your kind of um you know like trip you know tricks that you do to save money well when i was traveling by myself before i had my son um i did a lot of staying at hostels and that alone stays saves a lot of money plus you can usually strike a deal with the hostel people like you can do some work there where you get to stay there for free or they'll give you uh, free meals or things like that plus if you travel to poorer countries the price of everything is lower as well so that makes it easier oh and mm-hmm. street markets i love street markets <laughs> mm-hmm. for the food yeah. especially yeah even in india like there is like too much um street food we have here mm-hmm. and it's absolutely like tasty and very affordable yeah yeah and um there is a guy called as sunny he does like food vlogs mm-hmm. um and he does this challenges like 100 he 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 needs to spend 100 dollars on food in a particular country mm-hmm. and he spent like i think like 12 dollars in india before he was like i cannot eat anymore and he went to multiple establishments and he had like 20 uh um you know types of food mm-hmm. and after all that he was like you know i cannot have any more and he closed it at i think 15 15 that's crazy <laughs> yeah that's kind of cheap and that's why you know like right now if you look at it like lot of foreign people come to india because it's like medical tourism here mm-hmm. um <laughs> where getting treated is cheap and also food is cheap mm. yeah 
have you seen those kind of phenomena in other countries too because you have traveled so much um so like when i traveled in cambodia i could get mm, some of the meals for like 3 or 4 dollars i don't know how, mm-hmm. if we're going to be talking in dollars or what money we're talking mm-hmm. in. it's okay you you can talk about any currency oh, okay. um you know we have converters <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah and then when i was traveling in bolivia it was probably around the same price for meals and in mm-hmm. peru i think it was a little bit more mm-hmm. um and then i think the most expensive has been in france for food mm-hmm. that yeah of course it's pretty expensive there mm-hmm. but i think even like food in united states is pretty expensive yeah but that see the united states is tricky because it depends on the state like mm-hmm. they, every state has their own laws they have so many different things happening in each state so some places you go you can find pretty cheap good food and then others you're finding only the really expensive stuff so like mm-hmm. if you travel to new york that's going to be super expensive in like new york yeah. city um compared mm-hmm. to if you go into any of the midwest states pretty much mhm mm-hmm. so yeah that's kind of like yeah but food is like very interesting part of traveling i would i would think mm um because if i traveled and if i ever travel i'm just traveling for food like <laughs> fuck sceneries fuck mountains fuck seas and lakes and all these things i'm just traveling for food because <laughs> yeah that's just me <laughs> yeah when i uh went to cambodia i actually think i had only been a vegetarian for a couple years and mm. i tried explaining it at a street food at a food market and so i mm-hmm. had it i had it written in their language and everything and mm-hmm. she looked at it and she goes aha uh-huh. and then she gives me a meal and i find out that it's just fried worms <laughs> and some other things and i'm just and she's she was oh genuinely God. so like uh-huh <laughs> and I, and i was like oh thank you and so i had to, i felt i had to eat it so i'm eating it while she's staring at me smiling and i'm just like my gut is feeling all weird so like after ha- eating half of it i was like i can't i'm sorry uh mm-hmm. rough <laughs> i think i think that i uh, know aha uh-huh was like i'm i'm going to mess with you today <laughs> i don't think it was an old elderly woman and i think she genuine mm-hmm. cuz there are people out there that they don't fully understand what vegetarian is they think that yes. a vegetarian can eat fish or vegetarian mm-hmm. can eat these other specific kinds of meat that's okay mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah no <laughs> yeah i still i still remember i don't know why i just remember like these weird things but and but uh, do you remember like gordon ramsay used to do um you know like hotel hell mm-hmm. you know in one of those episodes a chef was mi- mixing beef broth into a vegetable soup and they were selling it as vegetarian and um Ooh. you know when Gordon Ramsay asked um you know like why the fuck are you like mixing beef broth into a vegetarian soup and he was like that's how we have done things here and i was like the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and you know people were eating out there and ramsay like directly went went to went up to them and he was like so you are vegetarian right and uh, she was like yes and he said you are aller- allergic to meat and you know like dairy products and she was like yes and he said are you aware that this contains beef broth <laughs> and you know she just froze <laughs> because she was just going to take another sip and she just froze she was like what and um you know that is so similar to what you like just mentioned right like mm. <laughs> vegetarian is like worms um <laughs> that's kind of like weird to think about yeah because even i am a vegetarian mm. so if i if i would ever travel i would just say i'm i'm a vegan and even if people like you are a weak person i'm like yeah it's okay i'm just vegan <laughs> that's even safe i think um because if you if you go to like middle east like there is camel milk mm. and i don't know how that tastes but from the reactions i have seen 
how people react to that after drinking i'm pretty sure it's not that tasty <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've yeah. never tried that. So. <laughs> yes, me too. I I have always had like cow milk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even like like buffalo milk, and yeah, but I think camel milk would be like one of the worst milks that you could have. I think. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if you ever travel to Middle East, stay away from milk. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> So apart from traveling, you are an author, mm-hmm. and you are learning English. Oh, I'm learning Spanish. That's going to be and my Spanish. Thir- that's going to be my third language. So like, and also you do travel blogging, and you have like nine thousand plus followers on Instagram. Yes, and I have so a two-year-old. So my question is, <laughs> yes, and you have a two-year-old, and you're married, right? Yes. So. <laughs> My question is, how many hours do you have in a day? Not enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, so I I really have to stick with some kind of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so my day usually starts at like six or seven in the morning, and then it usually doesn't mm-hmm. end until ten or eleven at night. Um, so that's a day for me, and in that day. It depends what what day of the week it is, but mm-hmm. I'll have a schedule created where I'm going to work on my travel blog this many hours throughout the day, and then I go and switch to um, studying, and then I have to go pick up my son from school, and then mm-hmm. I'm a mom, and then I do the chores and things around the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it sounds like you have like twenty twenty eight to thirty hours in a day. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean you'd have to confirm on that. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, because it's kind. It sounds kind of like hard. Hmm. Yeah, but it helps when you and, have a, a an actual schedule and you actually follow it. In because as us as humans, we're really good at veering mm-hmm. off of whatever schedule we create. So what I've done mm-hmm. is I've created um, in my calendar book, I'll have specific things that I'm like, these are important to do today. And then I can, mm-hmm. can't can move to the next thing that I have on my list until I've done the first one. Mm-hmm. So that helps me not get sidetracked or distracted by other things. Got it. Mm-hmm. And how many years have you been at like writing books? Well, I only have one book out. Um, and I just recently wrote it a couple months ago, and it's actually a children's picture book. Mm-hmm. God. And how many years have you been at your small business? That is Misfit Wonders, right? Uh, yes. So I've had my travel blog for over six years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> and how is that working out for you? Because you have been at it for so long. Yeah. Like two precedents have changed. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, it's something that goes up and down because, as you know, trying to stay on a schedule is very difficult. And I've had to relearn over the years how to get on top of it. Plus, then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So then my website went backwards because no one was traveling for a while there because mm-hmm. of COVID. Um, so now it's like I have to work on getting it going once again but it's mm-hmm. going good and have you learned like I, I i feel like you have learned like many lessons from just burning your finger again and again mm-hmm. yeah definitely. what was that kind of experience for you um my experience of learning or what do you mean yeah just learning from your mistakes again and again because you have run this business for so long? Uh, yes. Um, so having a travel blog is a lot more complicated than people realize. Um, mm-hmm. Besides that, the whole system like WordPress or the other uh, platforms, they're always changing. They're always getting better. They're always adding new things. So you have to mm-hmm. also learn those new things. You have to learn more mm-hmm. about SEO. Now we have all these AI so now we have to learn mm-hmm. more about these as well, which is a good yeah. thing and a bad thing. 
Mm-hmm. Of course, because I am a digital marketer by professional, mm. and I understand that like people cracking their heads <laughs> when they look at these things. Yeah, they're like, I don't understand this. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of like a tricky part. But my question is, why not YouTube? Like, why did you pick blogging? I think I just recently have been getting okay with myself on camera. I think that's why mm-hmm. I didn't start uh, YouTube. I'm trying to incorporate a little bit more of TikTok, but it's it's just really hard with all this stuff I'm already doing to add mm-hmm. making a video plus editing it plus putting it out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know because I, I feel like you have enough experience in this field where you could call yourself as veteran. Mm-hmm. And you know, it would be like very easy for you to create content because you understand how it works. Yeah, but being on the camera is a whole nother thing. Like, I mean, I can mm-hmm. do this having a conversation with you, but mm-hmm. I would have to have like a whole script if I were going to do it myself and then try to pretend there are people behind this camera that's staring at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, God. It's, it's like a whole nother thing you kind of have to learn and it's just that's not a focus for me right now it's just more mm-hmm. autopilot for me to write and have photos and then sometimes videos i show as well but it's not like mm-hmm. specifically videos got it because um i feel like you you are just dead opposite to me <laughs> because if you gave a script uh-huh. i would probably cry to sleep like i would probably cry myself to sleep i'm like fuck this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i hate scripts mm-hmm. it's just you know you give me a camera i'm going to do whatever i want like yeah and if people like it or not like i don't give i, I really don't give a shit about it <laughs> that's good you know and that's how we have built this podcast because we have never gave a shit about anybody <laughs> and you know um, it's very rare for episodes to not offend people mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are always like, we are always trying to get our guests to poke a bear, at least one bear in an episode <laughs> where they say something that's very like nasty or um, out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, because world has gone too much soft and mm-hmm. people like get offended, like way too freaking easy these days. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of my mentality but you are like i think you are like a hollywood actress because you like you need script and you know you need proper <laughs> training and everything and i'm out here like 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 a chipmunk right like chipmunk with a camera i'm like do this yeah do that yeah put together put it together yeah does it look good i don't give a shit put it out <laughs> <laughs> well no that's a good way to be that's the only way you can get it out is just do it and get it out there I just don't have time to add another thing to mm. what I'm already doing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you're already living on like 28 hours a day schedule. Yeah. I'm so yeah. I'm so happy I um, have scheduling. So that makes it a little easier. You know, Danny, like, I think, I think, yeah, we are exactly opposite to each other. <laughs> if you gave me schedule, I would freak out. <laughs> yeah. On, you know, that's like honest truth. Like, if you give me schedule, you would be like, at eight o'clock you got to be here, or by nine you have to be here. Oh, not like, that's not the schedule sorry. I meant. <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry, I meant yeah, I meant I'm a like... schedule for all the things like, oh, this will post this day, this day, this day, this day. This yes, day. yes, exactly. So like that's what I'm talking scheduling. about. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. I have a team to handle that. Like, I can't do that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, okay, let's say I talked to Danny today mm-hmm. and why do I have to wait like 15 days for the episode to come out? Like, I'm like that, right? I cannot like stick to a schedule. It's very hard for me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, we shot it now. Yeah, just post it. Um, because by this conversation, you might have like figured out, like we don't do a lot of editing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, because I feel like uh, you know, at the start, we used to do because we used to have like qualification rounds where we would talk to you off the record and figure out what you do and all these things. Mm-hmm. And I felt like because once I hit the record button, I felt so like disingenuine and you know, like so much 
distracted from reality and i was like nah this is not for me yeah. and um because you see like okay i i i don't know who you are right mm-hmm. like i did not know who you are when when we started this episode i just you know read that particular bio and i was like okay this is who dan is and also my team <laughs> fucked me over and I, i did not even even have social media to look at you like okay what she's doing i was like okay let's let's figure out right throat conversation like what you do when know who you are mm-hmm. as a person and i feel like that just works for me mm-hmm. rather than knowing knowing you completely who you are and then talking to you mm-hmm. because that's just hard work because then i'd have to pretend like i don't know you <laughs> <laughs> you'd rather be real at the beginning yeah I, you know i would rather just be just genuine and mm-hmm. you know make mistakes as i go because i think yeah you know a few DM, dms might be coming at my way because i said you don't have social media and some of your people might be like who the fuck do you think you are dude like you could not figure out you know dennis instagram you know by the way she has 9k followers <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but that's a chance that i'm willing to take um yeah so yeah it was like very nice talking to you danny like thank you very much for making your time and i know we did not cover everything but i tried to cover almost everything mm. and this is your chance to like talk about your business or um, where pe- where do you want people to go <laughs> all right so everyone if you want to find me you can find me by searching misfitwanders.com i am on facebook instagram tiktok linkedin um I'm all over so i don't think you'll have an issue finding me <laughs> Yes guys and I'm very sorry I I took Danny as a caveman but uh it turns out she's exactly opposite to that <laughs> and um Danny's website will be in the episode description so please go there and check it out and by the way her Instagram is also very good so if you could if you guys could just search for Misfit Wanders and just go there and just follow her because she has some amazing content and she herself said indirectly i don't know because she said that i'm very consistent with what i upload so mm-hmm. yeah your reels and your feed will be full full of her so just go there and just follow her and just show her support and um danny thank you very much for taking your time and being on the show thank you for having me um yeah it was our pleasure and to my audience guys this is the end of the episode and if you have made it so far thank you very much for your support and Yeah this was kind of a non offensive episode for you guys like where we did not <laughs> offend you i hope i hope we did not offend you um but yeah but until next episode take care and bye bye